0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Sannemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have with us on the podcast, John Gordon. John was with us back in January, where we sat down and discussed his book, The Garden. Today, we have the insightful conversation about his book, the one truth. Uh, the one truth was one that was valuable to me, insightful. John has the way and the gifting is we'll, we'll talk about. A, somebody had asked him if he had a ghostwriter that writes his books. He sold many, many books, written many books, and uh, is a well-known speaker. He said, no, I don't have a, um, a ghostwriter. I have the Holy Ghostwriter. And uh, you know the Holy Spirit speaks to John, and um, he is obedient to what God has asked him to do and he then takes that and and shares it and distills it in a way that we can understand and so valuable. You know, the, the title of this podcast is The Clarity Podcast. And uh, John, one of the, the books within the book, he talks about the idea of clarity and clutter and how the enemy will use clutter in our mindset and how we respond and react to the situations that are involved. He gives some great practical examples of that. The, one of my favorite parts of the interview was just at the end where John shares his testimony of how the one truth, how the love of Jesus Christ and what he has done in in John's life has truly transformed him from somebody who struggled with anxiety and depression, someone who was striving to be something. Um, But when he gave his life to Christ, what the ultimate change it made in his heart and in his life. And he talks about how it made uh, an impact in his family and who he is. And just a, a beautiful testimony of God's grace and God's mercy. I do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and get to learn from him, and um, those are always valuable times. Um, hope you uh, continue to listen into the podcast and ask you to subscribe. I know the ones that I listen to, I listen to a lot of them, but the ones I subscribe, they're there, I can listen to. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. welcome back to The Clarity Podcast. So excited to have a friend of the podcast, John Gordon, with us. We had him back on in January. It was a phenomenal time. John, welcome to the podcast. Aaron,
1: great to be with you.
0: John, your books have been such an encouragement to me, and I know millions of other people, and I'm excited today just to spend some time talking about The One Truth. John, for those who didn't listen into our first podcast, because there are many people who keep listening in and as the podcast going on, could you just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into uh some questions I have for you about the one truth?
1: Well, I'm from uh, New York originally, grew up there, live in Florida now. I have a wife and and two kids. I'm a writer and I'm a speaker, and that's what I do full time. People are like really, that's what you can do full time? Yes, you can do that full time <laughs> if you're busy doing it. And people want you to speak. That's a good thing. I'm thankful for that. And I love that I get to do this. And I'm living my purpose and my passion and my calling. I've written a number of books. The Energy Bus is the most popular. People often ask, what's my favorite? Training Camp is definitely my favorite. Although people say The Carpenter is my best book. I think they're saying that until they read this one. I think The One Truth is going to have a huge impact on a lot of people and a lot of lives.
0: Is excellent. And the the spiritual nature of this book was so encouraging to me and uh, very, very insightful. Just honored to have you on, just to to discuss a little bit about it today. John, in the beginning of the book, you talk about your journey and your quest for being mentally healthy. And I think you used the word mentally tough, actually, um, in that as I highlighted it. Can you just share a little bit about your journey um, before we jump into some of the
1: other questions? Yeah, you know, you said spiritual nature of the book. It's such an interesting question concept even say that because everything really is spiritual. When you understand you're a spiritual being, yeah. Your body turns to dust when you die, which is really wild. One day we're here, the next day we're not. I've lost both my parents. And I'll never forget like they were here one day and the next day they were gone. It's like, where do they go? Where do you go? We are spiritual beings with a soul and a spirit and a temporary body. So the book is spiritual, but we're spiritual. Yeah, and that's what's cool about life is that once you understand your spiritual nature, everything actually makes more sense. For sure. And I wish I knew then what I know now. Because growing up, you know, I struggled a lot with my mental health. I struggled with anxiety and depression, a lot of fear. I had this desire to be great. I had this desire to 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 achieve so much success, and at the same time. I was literally destroying myself as I was doing it because I was never living up to the expectations that I had and the pressure I felt caused me to crumble from the inside out. So in many ways, you know that's that's my journey of in life is to actually try to make sense of it all. I want to be mentally tougher, mentally happier and have more mental well-being in my life. And so that's been my quest. Ironically, it led me to teach this to others and I should say faithfully. And that's what my work is all about now. Like, how can I teach others to be able to have a better state of mind? How can people learn to overcome the fear, the anxiety, and the stress that they're feeling? Yeah. Let's face it. It's not normal to feel that way, yeah. the way we do all the time. A little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. But now we're chronically stressed, yeah. chronically anxious, chronically worried and fearful and we're not meant to go through life that way we've actually normalized it and mental health is now an epidemic and we're trying to do more things we are treating more people we have more doctors doing it and yet the problem is not getting better it's getting worse and i really believe that this book is the answer to what we're facing and the understanding of it is going to lead to a lot of solutions that are going to help a lot of people is it the only answer no but i believe it paves the way and guides the pathway for the answers that need to be developed to help to help people heal to help them become more whole to help people overcome all of the bombardment that they're facing in terms of their their mental health, their bodies, their brains, and how things actually could actually affect your antenna, like I talk about in the book. And once you understand that, you can overcome a lot of these challenges that you're facing. Yeah. And so we are meant to live with more peace, more power, more joy, more purpose. And that's my mission in writing this book, my mission in doing this work and sharing what I share now. So I would say, yes, my journey of of wanting to be more mentally tough, that led me to do what I'm doing now. That's a good word. John, you
0: um you shared it in the beginning there, the idea of everything is spiritual. You had that's in the book, and our lives are spiritual or we're spiritual beings. Um we printed, I had some shirts printed up, get the opportunity to serve several teams in the Indian Ocean Basin. And our kind of the the phrase for this this coming year is everything is spiritual. And so my wife, you know, I printed the shirts up and she picked them up um, and she said, What is this? You know, what's what's this everything is spiritual thing? So, and for from John Gordon, what does everything spiritual, what does that mean? To you you shared a little bit about it that we're spiritual beings that we when we die we go to dust how does that impact your everyday life with that that reality that everything we do is spiritual
1: well you know that that a life is is temporary this existence is temporary appearance is temporary but <laughs> essence is eternal that's good essence is eternal spirit is eternal your soul is eternal so this energetic reality that we're living that we're making sense of because our brain is going. Z-z-z-z-z-z-z-z-z. And right now you're firing synapses in your brain, which is allowing people and us to make sense of this conversation of the world around us. Like, is this world around us what exists or is this a projection of our brain firing synapses that allows us to see this images and create this reality and experience this reality, sort of like the matrix in many ways, like an internal essence creating this reality. I believe that the soul is eternal and the soul is our spiritual DNA and it is our unique spiritual expression of who we are and who we are is now living in this temporary energetic reality. And then when we die, right, the body turns to dust, but the soul in the essence lives on in the next dimension, the other dimension, the eternal reality that it's in right here, right now. So you're both living an eternal reality or actually an eternal existence and a temporary reality. So eternal existence, temporary reality, if that makes sense, you're literally here and there. And people are like, wait a second, how could that be? That's how it is. (laughs) And so once you understand that, then you realize, all right, this life is temporary. So what matters? What matters most? Love matters most and caring about people is what matters most and relationships are what matter most. And that's why the teachings of Jesus was so powerful. He said like, don't store up your treasures here, do it in heaven. He talked about the temporary nature of this reality and this world and your successes here. So that championship that you won, okay, it's awesome. You won a championship, but guess what? When you die, it's over. (laughs) The money you accumulated, guess what? When you die, can't take it with you. It's over. Can't put all that money in the coffin. Even if you did, it doesn't matter. Right. So, so no matter what we do in this world, no matter how many books I write, I'm still gonna die. So I don't want to be morbid here, but that should make you realize, okay, then what really does matter? Well, what is eternal? I said, essence is eternal. Love and care, and putting your passion and your purpose into what you're doing every day, day in and day out, making a difference, making an in- impact bringing heaven to earth, making earth like heaven. So we get this world and there's a lot of negativity in the world and there's a lot of evil in this world and there's a lot of bad in this world. But guess what our job is? Our job is to bring the goodness here right now and to make an eternal impact in this eternal moment. And every moment is an eternal moment to make an eternal impact. So that moment you smile at someone, that's an eternal moment. When you make a difference in someone's life, that's an eternal moment. When you when you help someone who's struggling, that's an eternal moment. When you give advice to someone who who is really struggling with their mental health and you help them change and shift their perspective, that's an eternal impact right there right now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is inside of you. What was he saying? Inside of you is the doorway is the doorway to the kingdom, the window to the kingdom, and it's inside of you. And so when you live from the inside out, you're living from this reality and you're actually creating creating this reality right here, right now. And you have the opportunity to, to create the kingdom yeah. day in and day out yeah. by how we live and build the kingdom by how we live and by how we impact others. Because think about it, if the kingdom of God is inside of you, well, it's inside of the other person. And when you impact that person, you're then impacting the kingdom. Yeah. John, you mentioned uh, the idea of state of mind. It
0: was powerful insight. Obviously, this podcast is called The Clarity Podcast. And you talk about going from clutter to clarity. And um, that resonated deeply with me. Can you share about
1: how our state of mind impacts, impacts so much? Yeah, this is really cool when you think about it because you're the Clarity Podcast. And the key to life is to have clarity. And when you have a high state of mind, you have a lot of clarity. When you have a low state of mind, you have a lot of clutter. And so the book is all about oneness and separateness. And the more I feel separate, I'm going to have a low state of mind and I'm going to have a lot of clutter. The more I feel one and I feel connected, I feel more power, more joy, more peace, more love. I feel more clarity and I'll have a high state of mind. And so when we're going through life, so often circumstances happen. And then we look at the circumstance and we think it's a circumstance that makes us feel a certain way. But one day you're in traffic and it bothers you. And the next day you're in the same traffic and and it doesn't. Is it the traffic that's making you feel a certain way? No, because if it was the traffic, you'd have the same response every time. Think about the pandemic a few years ago. A lot of people struggled in the pandemic and it was really hard. Other people thrived during that time. Was it the pandemic that was making people feel a certain way? Read the papers, listen to the news, ask people to say, oh yeah, the pandemic caused this. But if the pandemic caused it, everyone would respond the same exact way. Mm -hmm. So what was it? What is it? It's our state of mind when Hmm. your state of mind is low, the circumstance happens and it bothers you when your state of mind is high, same circumstance happens and it doesn't, you rise above, you move forward, you move on. What characterizes a low state of mind, a lot of clutter, worry, fear, anxiety, a ton of thoughts, a lot of doubt, a lot of insecurity. What characterizes a high state of mind, a lot of clarity, clarity, podcast. (laughs) a lot of focus, a lot of positivity, An amazing feeling of of connection. Low state of mind, you feel disconnected. And the more clarity you have, then you have more confidence. Because I see the world so clearly. I see my purpose clearly. I know why I'm here. I know what I'm here to do. I I know my mission. Even being a spiritual being, hopefully that will raise people's state of mind and not cause a lower state of mind to make you think too much. I want you to have a high state of mind and less thought and go, you know what? I'm here just to live life make a difference, love others, have a lot of clarity with that. And that gives you then more confidence in this world. And when you have more confidence, you have more courage. And so it's incredible what having a high state of mind can do for you, do to you and give you that clarity that gives you so much more focus and positivity.
0: Uh, That's a good word. John, you mentioned also the idea, I'd never heard someone share it in this way, and it, it brought a lot of clarity or, or conciseness to me. The idea of social media being a vehicle in the reality, a lot of times when we're looking out rather than looking in, in that separateness. Can you share just your your ideas around social media being a vehicle? And it's not necessarily the, the enemy. It's not, but it's when we're looking out to social media for what we should be looking in and oneness.
1: Yeah. Would you share about that? Sure, look at social media, look at the world. Everyone blames social media for what's wrong with the world today. And the truth is, social media is not the problem. It's the feeling of separateness that's the problem. The more we look outside at social media and we're constantly looking at our screens, what happens is we start to feel more and more separate and disconnected, and that's the problem. There are times when you're on social media where you're connecting with someone or you're watching something and you're being inspired by it or encouraged by it. And you feel one. That's not a bad thing about social media. It's the vehicle that things can use to create division and separateness within you. Or when you compare yourself to others, when you're comparing yourself via social media, that affects you because you feel less than. You don't feel qualified. You don't feel like you're enough. And because of that, that lowers your state of mind. You have these insecurities and doubts, more and more thought revved up thinking more clutter lower state of mind so the more we look outside that lowers our state of mind the more we're comparing that lowers our state of mind when we were younger or i should say when i was younger because i'm I'm sure i'm older than you (laughs) but when i was a lot younger you know what happened we'd come home and the neighbor got a new pool or a new car and you were jealous of that neighbor (laughs) and so that was like occasionally you'd see the new neighbor or the kid came to school the cool kid, he had the new clothes and you were jealous, you didn't know, have those clothes. So you compared yourself. So it's the same thing happening in social media. The problem is we're doing it every single day mm. and being bartered by it. That's the problem. It's not the social media. It's the frequency in which mm. we're seeing it and doing it. And we're also thinking it has power. So mm. then it does. Mm. Real power is knowing I should be able to look at someone's social media, not be affected by it, know that it's an outside effect, and just focus on my purpose, mm. my mission. Mm. I shouldn't focus on someone else's life. I mm. should be living my own and mm. focusing on my own mission and my own purpose. And the more I do that, social media has no effect on me whatsoever. So by saying it's social media, we're actually reinforcing the power mm. of it and the lie of it, because mm. it really is a lie that it can impact how you feel. So we're actually bolstering the lie. Hmm. And we're also bolstering the way that circumstances have power over you. But the truth is, it's never the circumstance. It's always your state of mind. Because hmm. there are times you look at social media, it doesn't bother you. There are times it does. Yeah. So social media is not the problem. It's our state of mind, that is. And it what it's what is happening when we feel separate as a result of social media. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, I honestly,
0: uh, I consider myself a pretty learned person and somebody who's you know studied a lot, read a lot of books. But you have a way of communicating it in a concise way that a guy like me can understand and it helps to bring clarity. And so that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because you're right. I think even myself, I've victimized or said that, you know, that it was people are victimized by social media, that it was the villain. But this idea of like you share of looking outside rather than the the goal of oneness, um, it creates separateness. And yeah, you tie it in all so well.
1: Another simple analogy of this is when you look at sports, I remember I was with a NBA team walking across the court, speaking to the team. I speak to a lot of sports teams and some of the best on the planet. And there I was speaking and the coach and the superstar player said, John, we were just wondering what has a bigger impact on the opposing team, home field advantage in baseball or home court advantage in basketball? Hmm. What do you think? When I asked this question, people say, oh, definitely basketball, more noise. The crowd's louder. I say neither when you know the outside Mm. is just noise and expectations and people are yelling and we don't create our world from the outside in. We create it from the inside out. The power is on the inside and you create through your spirit, your love, your joy, your passion, your purpose. The power is in you and the outside has no power over you. And so I said that and the player said, the superstar player said, that's what I think. Mm. He said, 98% of the guys in the league believe in home court advantage. So it affects them." I know it isn't true. So I just go do what I do and play my game. See, we're measuring a lie when we would actually do a study that says, oh, home court advantage is a real thing. No, you're measuring the belief system of people in general that believe the lie that the outside could affect them. So then when you do the study, it actually affects them. If people would actually know the truth, you would actually do a study and the study would show that it actually has no impact if people were actually living and knowing and sharing the truth. That's why this book is The One Truth And it's going to change the way people think and allow them to look at things differently and be a Jedi in this world. Because what the world mostly does is program you to be a victim. This is going to program you and teach you to be a powerful force in this world, a transformer, a change agent, a coffee bean like I wrote in my other book. That's the key. You're going to transform from the inside out. And once you know this and see this, as you realize everything changes. So I'm glad you said you read a lot of books, but you never saw this before because everyone's been thinking it the wrong way. And same thing with um, people who are afraid of success. We always hear that. Oh, so-and-so is afraid of success. And they're afraid of success. They're not afraid of success. You know what they're afraid of? They're afraid that they're not worthy of success. Mm. And so they don't feel worthy. It's not the success. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel like they're enough. And because of that, they feel separate instead of one and connected and powerful. And that's why they feel weak. And so perfectionists actually feel unworthy. And because they feel unworthy, they have to strive to be a perfectionist, to get validation to their performance, their results and their outcomes. So as a result of being a perfectionist, they now feel a sense of worthiness, but it's just through outcome processes. It's not through the process itself. It's what the outcome brings. But then if you're not delivering and you're not getting results, Well, guess what? Your identity is now tied to your performance and not ultimately who you are. Once your identity is tied to not your performance, but knowing who you are inside out and connecting and knowing that you are one with your creator and you're here to be something amazing and do something amazing and create something amazing. You're here by accident. You're here for a purpose. There's a plan for your life and nothing outside you can impact how you feel. And you start living from the inside out. Wow, instead of being now this unworthy perfectionist, I can actually be someone who goes for it, has courage and confidence. I fail along the way, but along the way, I'm not failing, I'm becoming who I'm meant to be.
0: Yeah. I love the the other thing how you the book goes in stepwise. You know it's stepwise. I think you actually it's book one, book two, and book three. And um, within one yeah
1: within one book they're like sections. I tell people people because people you wrote three books. No, it's one book, (laughs) and book one is one section. Book two is the next section. Book three is the next section, right? I want to to logically take you through the process towards the one truth.
0: No, and it and it does, and I at the end, you know, at the end of the book or sections, you ask, hey, if you want to know more, you need to go to book two. If you in the end of book two, you want to know more, you go to book three. I love the approach; um, it, it's so it's so insightful because you're asking people that are looking for the one truth, and this is the way you lead the people along the path. Yeah, it was it was excellent, and love the way that you put it put it together. Thank um, you. J- John, the idea that teams, you shared in there about teams, we have a lot of, this podcast is mainly for missionaries, share that teams have individuals that are separate, have a lot of weaknesses, but a team that becomes one has strength. How have you seen that play out when when we're separate, we have all these weaknesses, but when we become one, we have strength?
1: Could you give us maybe some examples of that? Yeah, we are called to be in relationship. We are called to be part of a community. We're called to be connected to others and then to God and be part of, of 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 him and be one with him. So we have this force that's always trying to divide us and separate us and weaken us. And we have this power of God that's always trying to unite us back to himself. So really everything comes down to oneness and separateness. And so a team that is divided and feels separate, is weak. They're powerless. A team that is united and connected, they become one. They become powerful. And we see that all the time in in teams. We see it in relationships. Marriages that feel connected, they thrive. When you start to feel disconnected in your marriage, it starts to head towards a downward spiral. So we have to make sure we're working on our relationships and our team to become one team connected to each other and then connected to God and then connected, you know, as a group, it's wild when you think about it because there's research from Gallup that shows that couples that pray together, 99% stay together. 99% of couples that they interviewed prayed together, stayed together. Those who go to church together, only 50% stay together. No difference in unchurch. Hmm. So it's not the act of going to church. What is it? It's the act of prayer and spirit. And I thought about that. I'm like, why is that? And it hit me. Each one of us has the... The essence of god's spirit in us right so we have we're spirit your spouse's spirit god is spirit and when you're praying you become then one spirit so corinthians 6 17 says he was joined to the lord is one spirit with him and so you become one spirit with him and also when we are connecting with each other we become one spirit as we work together and that becomes a very powerful spirit. When we are separate and divided, we become very weak and we don't, we don't accomplish a lot. So it's essential to build strong teams. I wrote the power of a positive team, that the principles and practices that make great teams great. And that's what I work with a lot of corporate clients on, a lot of sports teams on. And now I realize, oh, why did I have so much success? Why did this work so much? Because I was bringing teams back to oneness instead of separateness. So the one truth actually explains why my principles were working when, when I worked with teams and what I was able to do with teams by getting them to communicate better, to have more connection, to be more committed, and then to care more about each other. And when you did that, you became a stronger team.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you help John? Maybe somebody that feels like they're the superstar. Cause I've seen the list of teams you work with and uh, there's a lot of superstars on those teams and maybe, the superstar feels maybe separate from the team. How can, how can you get people like that that maybe feel, and maybe there's somebody on the team that feels like they're unworthy. You talked about being unworthy. And how can we bring people together so they feel, yeah, like one, one together on a team?
1: It's all about ego. Ego okay. stands for edging God out. And you are meant to have an ego. Your ego is the sense of self. It's who you are. It's your spiritual DNA. It is your uniqueness of who you are. So once you understand, okay, I have this ego, but the ego is meant to serve a bigger mission, a a greater cause. You are meant to connect with your creator and be one with God. Just like the dirt and the soil and the tree must be one. That tree will then thrive from the soil. The fish must be in the water and be one with the water for it to thrive. When you're connected to your creator even more intimately through your spirit, right? The Holy Spirit and your spirit becoming one. As you do that, you become this powerful force and receive this incredible connection. And then you thrive as a result of that. And that's what life's all about.
0: Good word. John, the one of the other things, the story of feeding the wolf, insightful. And so just the idea you share in there about the weekend. How do how do you personally feed oneness and starve separation when it comes to your, your life? From if maybe if you don't want to talk about your life or Somebody else. I don't know. But that but, idea of starving it, starving separation, but feeding oneness. And um,
1: yeah. Well, it's more like tuning into because okay, the thoughts we tune into those thoughts will either separate us or bring us back to unity and wholeness. So what are your thoughts? And those thoughts will lead to division. The root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. Hmm. And so the more anxious you feel the more separate and divide you feel well guess what fear divides as well so negative thoughts will divide you and separate you and weaken you positive thoughts uplift you encourage you so every day you're tuning into to one of two frequencies the positive frequency or the negative frequency and that's what the story of the two wolves is all about they're fighting all the time two wolves inside of you which one wins the fight the one you feed the most so feed the positive wolf is that story it's an old ancient cherokee story it's truth. Mm. That's That same truth is in the garden with Adam and Eve. Mm. They had a choice between two frequencies. They can choose between the voice of the serpent, the enemy, or the voice of God that was calling them to more, that called them to abundance, or the serpent that lied to them. Which voice will you believe? And every day, that is our choice. If we believe the lies and listen to the negative thoughts, we will be separated. If we listen to God and tune into his voice, And listen to what he calls us to do. And listen to his encouragement, because God will always call you to more. And we speak truth to the lies on a daily basis. And we read the word and we renew our mind daily, renew it. Don't be conformed by the patterns of this world, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as Paul says. We've got to renew our mind daily, that heals our mind. And the way you do that is by renewing it, by being connected to God, spirit. And the more we're connected to the spirit, right? That starts to govern our mind, as Romans 8, 5, 6 says. And then what happens, we then start to be governed by the spirit, which then heals and renews the mind, the soul. And that leads us into a very positive direction. And the more we do that, we're tuning into these positive thoughts all the time. T U N E, this is in the book. Read okay. the book, read about Tune. Trust in truth. Hmm. U, unite with God. N, neutralize the negativity. Hmm. E, Elevate your thinking, gratitude, mm. appreciation, optimism, belief, faith, elevate your thinking. And the highest form, the highest frequency is love. Mm. The when we focus on love, that casts out fear. And then when we focus on love, that takes us to a higher state of mind. Fear brings us to a lower state of mind. So that's why love is the antidote to fear. So we've been talking about these things all these years, but this explains why love casts out fear and why it's much more powerful.
0: John, I have one last question for you, and then I'm going to ask you if there was a question I should have asked you. Um, you talk about your journey and searching for truth, and in that, on that journey, you found Jesus. How has how has Jesus transformed your life and impacted you as a father, a husband, a friend, and as a man? You have great influence around the world, and that journey of looking for truth, you found Jesus. And then, how has Jesus impacted your life?
1: Who I am is so different than who I was. So before Jesus, I was completely different. He changed my heart, my soul, my life, and he changed me in so many ways. I mean, there was a lot of of good inside me, but there definitely was a lot of healing that needed to take place. And I needed a Savior because I couldn't save myself. And I was so full of angst, anxiety, and fear, and depression. And I was so focused on me, just wanting to be a success so I could justify my existence. And feed my own identity because I really felt less than when I look back, that's what I felt. So I needed to prove myself. And then when I became a follower of Jesus and I gave him my life, obviously his spirit started to live more through me and I'm still going through the process. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing in my faith all the time. I'm doing a lot of surrendering these days more than ever. And the more I pray, the more I surrender, I feel his spirit start to live through me and he starts to transform me. You know, he's transforming me more and more every single day. And over the years, he's transformed me a lot. And he's made me a better father, a better husband, a better leader, a better person, certainly a better writer. And all these ideas that I get for the books, they come from him. I can't take credit. People say, John, do you have a ghostwriter? I guess I get asked that so much. (laughs) Aaron, I must not look smart enough to write my own book because they ask me if I have a ghostwriter. But but I don't have a ghostwriter. I have a holy ghostwriter. And God is the spirit that literally moves through me, that gives me the wisdom to write the books I write. And I share that in the book. Like, I'm not that smart. But the wisdom comes from God that has used me to do what I'm here to do and to learn what I'm here to learn and share what I'm here to share. And so my whole life has changed. Now, I don't believe, oh, all of a sudden you follow Jesus and your life's going to turn around. You become a best-selling author and you're going to write all these books that have 15 bestsellers and sell millions of copies. like That happened for me because that was my purpose and my calling. When you follow Jesus and you accept him as your savior and you start to have an intimate relationship with God, he will start to whisper to you. And as he's walking with you, he wants to heal you. So he'll restore you. So you'll be healed. You'll receive wisdom. Your mind will be renewed. And you'll start to live life more to the fullest. And you'll live more powerfully in this world. And you'll be a kingdom builder. When you become one with God, you want to go after the one. And so you'll want to make a greater difference. And as you do that and you open yourself up to his purpose and allow his purpose to live through you, he'll start to reveal that purpose to you. And you'll start to live a more meaningful, amazing, incredible life. And that's the promise when we become one with God. It's not that you'll become a writer like me. It's that you'll become everything you're meant to be. And that is an amazing, exciting journey. And that's why I follow Jesus. And I've seen the impact he's had on my life. He's impacted my wife's life, my kid's life. And if he can take this Jewish kid from Long Island, like man, <laughs> and make him a follower of Jesus and share this message, guess what? He can do the miraculous because yeah. he's done it in me. And I know he can do the same in you. There were many times that I felt life was meaningless. And now I'm going to go to the rest of my life, to the rest of my days. And I'm gonna live with meaning every single day to make a difference and build his kingdom, not my kingdom. Yeah.
0: John, love and appreciate you. I thank you for the you accepting Jesus and what he's done in your heart and life and that Holy Ghost uh writer that's helping you with these books and giving you those the wisdom and insight for them. Would you pray for us, John? We end the podcast in prayer. Will you pray for the audience and pray in whatever direction you would like?
1: Well, if your audience is mostly people in, in, the, in the missionary work and missionary fields, and they're doing this work, they're the, they're the heroes. They're the ones who are sacrificing day in, day out. But I want to pray for them. I read something recently from Oswald Chambers that really stuck with me. And I got to share this as I'm just thinking about it and sharing this with you. He doesn't just call you to sacrifice. Like you're not just sacri- supposed to sacrifice for God and sacrifice every day and become a martyr. You're supposed to be obedient, And so self-sacrifice without obedience is just sacrifice. No, you're meant to to obediently sacrifice. When he calls you to sacrifice in the things that he wants you to sacrifice, then you sacrifice. And so think about that as you do his work every single day that you can do the work of God. But if you're not one with God, you're going to get weakened and you're going to be fearful and you're often going to get separated. But the more you are one with him, he will give you the power. He will give you the strength. He will give you the the know-how. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the insights. He will give you the ability to to impact lives in, in a more powerful and amazing way every single day the more you experience that oneness with Him and connect with Him. So keep doing His work, but more importantly, keep connecting with God and experience His oneness and allow Him to move through you so that you will be a more powerful kingdom builder and impactor for the kingdom. So I pray for you. I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. I pray for guidance. I pray that you will heal each day. Continue to heal your soul, the wounds that we all have. Allow God to heal you each day so that be the hands and the feet of Jesus and the mouth of Jesus to do his work and make a greater difference. So I just pray for you. I pray for your families. I pray for all that you do. And ultimately, I pray for for your replenishment day in and day out. May you not grow tired. May you not grow weary. May you continue to fight the good fight. To serve him and serve others. Thank you for what you do and thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.